Well, welcome back to another edition of the Boulder's Extra Podcast. Mike Carmen, uh, beat writer for the Purdue football team uh, for the Journal and Courier and jconline.com. Uh, headlining, or not headlining, but uh, spearheading this uh, podcast this week is uh, Purdue football back in action Saturday. They'll get uh, Minnesota uh, in the Big Ten opener uh, coming up Saturday at 3.30. Uh, both teams were off last week, so no one can cry foul that uh, they had to play uh, a non-conference game or another game last week. So both teams, I, I think, coming in on even even terms from a preparation standpoint, and it is the Big Ten opener for for both teams in a in a in a season where you know we think the West, at least at the start of the year, was anybody's game. I'm not sure that's the case as we as we get through September, but uh, we're gonna. We're going to talk about that a little bit, and also uh, uh, get get going with uh, uh, a preview of Minnesota and kind of where, where the Gophers stand right now. Uh, Andy Greeter, uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press, is uh, kind enough to join us uh, on the line today. Andy, uh, thanks for carving out some time today to talk uh, some uh, some college football with Purdue and Minnesota. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Looking right. forward to it. All right, so uh, I, I want to start with Minnesota going back to last year, the Purdue game. Uh, they 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 handled Purdue easily. Uh, they were more physical. They dominated the game. Uh, there are some in the Purdue camp that say that was their worst loss of the year, and that's factoring in the bowl game uh, that they got walloped in by Auburn. But and, and I know before that game that Minnesota changed defensive coordinators, and all of a sudden, boom, the magic light goes on. Was it as simple as changing the defensive coordinators, or is there a little bit more to this? Because since that game. Minnesota is on a six and one run, and uh, seems to be one of the, if not the, up and coming program right now in the Big Ten West. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think a lot can be attributed to the change of Joe Rossi as defensive coordinator taking over for for Rob Smith, who was fired after a dreadful game uh, at Illinois. But I also think it was just a, a byproduct of a different system. I mean, the Gophers have had trouble uh, with mobile quarterbacks. Uh, getting outside of the pocket, have being a threat to run, and uh, obviously Blow, uh, David Blow and Bluff and uh, and uh, Sindelar did not uh, present that uh, to the Gophers last year, and, and neither did any other team really down the stretch and at the beginning of this year. Uh, you know they're six and one, but it's kind of a, a flimsy three and zero uh, this year. PJ acknowledged such yesterday when he said that they easily could be zero and three and. And you look at some of their wins here, and it's some gift turnovers, some you know kind of self-inflicted penalties, uh, some more uh, turnovers that have that have cost them and, and made games closer uh, than they needed to be. And, and if things don't uh, happen with some pretty big comebacks uh, in those three games, uh, the Gophers are, are 0 and 3. So you know they've they've made the the change at defensive coordinator, and, and they've gotten a lot better. Uh, you can see that in the way that they've been able to play uh, this year as well. Uh, but, yeah, I just think that um, overall it's it's a different year. And uh, I think the Gophers, if they're able to kind of clean up some of those issues, some of those penalties, some of those mistakes and turnovers, maybe that 3-0 is kind of a resounding 3-0. But we're still waiting to see what this team is. Um, you know, they've been 3-0 and uh, in the two previous years uh, under P.J. Fleck as well. And the Big Ten start has coincided with big losing streaks. They lost uh, three in a row uh, in 2017 in Big Ten play, and they lost four in a row uh, to start Big Ten play last year. So, you know, it's still uh, to be determined with what this team is. 
So what? Why are they three and zero? Is it just the breaks, or have they made some breaks at the end, or just as you as you kind of alluded to, just maybe survived uh, a few of these games yeah. to, to get to get wins at the end? Yeah, you know they've they've been able to make plays when it's mattered most. Um, you know Georgia Southern, they looked like they were going to be able to to go in and and uh, make it a fourteen point game and uh, have turnovers. You know they. Uh, looked like they were going to be able to kick a field goal and make it a ten-point game, and it was blocked to return for a touchdown. And on the next pl- and the next series, uh, they had a strip sack, and that was returned for a touchdown. So all of a sudden, uh, an eight-point lead that looks like it's going to be—I think it was eleven-point uh, lead with that field goal. All of a sudden, they're down 35-32, or excuse me, 32-28. Sorry, and uh, they've got to go on a on a 94-yard drive facing a third and 29. And they're able to pull it out. You know, at Fresno State, uh, the week before, uh, they have a fourth and 13 that they need to convert uh, to be able to force that game at overtime. And they uh, have a miraculous uh, kind of back of the corner fade ball uh, that gets one foot in, and they're able to go to overtime and win that one. Uh, so yeah, they've been able to to make plays when it's mattered most, uh, and that's kind of been their their calling card. They've been great on third down uh, offensively. That they've been great on fourth down offensively and uh, without those you know like I said earlier they could be one and two or oh and three very easily but you know winning does breed confidence and you, yeah. they have do they do they feel good now when they get in a close game that they they kind of been there done that and that they, they have some foundation that you know they can pull it out again or as they step into big 10 play it's it, it's it's going to be a different animal yeah, I mean, Sam Renner, one of their defensive tackles, said just that. You know that you know when you get into Big Ten play, uh, the play is a little bit tougher. He said he called it a different beast. But yeah, I do think that there's a level of confidence with this team. I think that you know one thing that's been referenced a few times from PJ Fleck and and Sam Renner uh, this week, uh, yesterday actually, and Monday, uh, is that you know hey. Northwestern last year had a bunch of close games and were able to pull those out uh, and didn't have nearly as as uh, great of a non-conference slate and uh, were able to become Big Ten West champs. So I think that there is kind of a, hey, if we're able to clean some things up, we're able to cut out some of the turnovers, uh, we can really take the next step and not just win games, but win them resoundingly. Yeah, let's talk about some of the personnel in Minnesota, and they they are going to get a, uh, one of their top running backs from yeah. uh, who who seems like he's been around forever, uh, <laughs> Shannon Brooks, who who did ha- right. he's had a at least one really good game against Purdue back right. in I think 2015. Uh, yeah. That's pre Jeff Brom, uh, right. but uh, the Gophers are going to get him back, and similar to Purdue, but maybe not at the same level. Minnesota has struggled to run the ball. Purdue, right. Purdue's been woeful in trying to run the ball. But what, what are the issues that you've seen um, where where Minnesota has struggled to try to to gain some ground, uh, gain some yards on the ground? Yeah, I think it. You know, it starts up front. The offensive line has not been nearly uh, good enough in uh, creating holes, reestablishing the line of scrimmage, getting to the second level, holding their blocks. You know, this offensive line is massive. They are. Uh, bigger than the Vikings on average, and uh, wow. they have not been a- yeah, and they have not been able uh, to exert that size uh, advantage over teams, and it's been surprising because you know they uh, looked at that group uh, with uh, you know three returning starters 
and uh, some guys that had come on late in the year and, and played well uh, to, you know, really be able to, like I said, use their size and exert their will, especially in the inside zone scheme that uh, P.J. Fleck and offensive coordinator Kirk Schrocka want to run at will. And uh, they've continued to run the ball and have uh, not been successful with it. Now, uh, when Rodney Smith, uh, another running back who seems like he's been around uh, forever, uh, when he was healthy against Georgia Southern, he had five yards of carry. Uh, so when there is a quality running back uh, that can see the vision in the inside zone game and uh, you know cut back, keep it play side, uh, find a way to, to take a two-yard gain into a four- or five-yard game and stay on schedule, uh, he's been able to do so. So with Shannon Brooks, who, like you mentioned, had a, had a breakout game his freshman year in West Lafayette uh, and also had a great game uh, at Purdue in 2017 as well, uh, has that big play ability. And he runs angry and uh, he runs aggressively and he always tries to, to hit a home run when he gets the ball. Um, so his return is a good sign for the offense. I, uh, he played one game last year. Uh, he has torn ACLs in both knees in the calendar year of, of 2018. Uh, so PJ, you know, said, you know, he's not going to be a 30 carry guy. Um, and nor do I think they need him to be. Uh, I wonder how much, given the fact that he's injured both knees uh, in the calendar year, how much he uh, has as far as rust goes. Uh, but Rodney Smith is healthy. Uh, Mo Ibrahim, who uh, you know was a standout player for the Gophers when when Brooks and Smith went down last year, mm-hmm. he's also healthy. Um, so we'll see. Probably all three of those guys. They'll want to keep them fresh. And uh, you know, one thing that's happened over this uh, this bye week is PJ has been uh, self scouting. Um, he's a, he's called his offensive coordinator to scout the defense and vice versa and come back with things that they're doing well, not doing well, what's the personnel, uh, what are the things that are, are the weaknesses within that personnel. Um, so I feel like, you know, given that extra time, instead of turning the page right to Purdue, they've looked at themselves, and I'm sure uh, the running game, especially the offensive line play, we can talk about and how they've also struggled uh, to keep uh, Tanner Morgan clean and without pressure uh, is probably at the top of the list of things they were trying to self-scout. I love your note about uh, the Gophers' offensive line being bigger than the Vikings. Yeah, right. that, that, yeah. is, that is a great, that is a great, uh, great note. Maybe, uh, maybe the Vikings should take the Gophers' offensive line with them to Soldier Field uh, on Sunday. Yeah. As a yeah, Bears right. fan, I would appre- as a Bears fan, I would appreciate that. By the way, <laughs> if they would do that, are they are they just not? You know, a little bit more about the offensive line. Are they? Yeah. Are, are defensive lines that they face so far just a little bit quicker than they are, and they've been able to to, to get some penetration there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, even ex- so, they've got, they've got this guy Daniel Falele who plays right tackle for them, and Purdue fans will be able to see it. He is <laughs> he is a legit six foot eight, six foot nine. Uh, he's listed at four hundred pounds. I don't think he's quite there. Maybe more like three seventy, only three seventy. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's playing right tackle. Uh, he's a guy who they pulled the red shirt on last year from IMG Academy. Uh, it's his third year playing football. He is as big. Uh, as, uh, as as you're going to see on an offensive line. Um, but he might be too big. Um, there's, uh, I think that there's a reason that he's playing on the right side and not on the left side. Uh, the biggest position battle going into camp was who was going to play left tackle, and Daniel Falele was not mentioned as a guy that was going to flip to the other side. I think that he has been exposed at times uh, with 
speed with quickness. Uh, South Dakota State, a quality FCS team, uh, really exposed the Gophers with very uh, simple routine twist ups between a tackle and an end. And uh, that movement, uh, the Gophers didn't communicate very well, and that caused them issues, and that's something that other teams have picked up on. I'm sure that Boilermakers have, have seen that as well and will want to speed rush out the, uh, along the outside and, and do different twist stunts and shifts to try to disrupt an offensive line that has struggled. Yeah, and, and it hasn't been just one guy, and that's what I think is probably the frustrating part uh, for the Gophers is that, uh, you know, a lot of times four will do their job and one will break down, and that one that will break down fluctuates between all five of them. So PJ has mentioned, you know, hey, we might need to make uh, some changes. They like their backup center, um, and uh, they've got some flexibility with some other guys along the offensive line that can either bump out to tackle or bump out to guard and, and maybe some musical chairs that could go on if the struggles do continue. Yeah, I mean, uh, the it appears that Purdue and Minnesota are similar in a lot of ways where both have struggles on the offensive line. Both yeah. can't, Both are struggling to run the ball. Uh, right. And therefore, your both teams are trying to lean on the pass a little bit more than maybe they, than they would like to. But how how has you know obviously the passing game for for Minnesota has picked up the slack offensively, and just how you know Tanner Morgan has settled in, and I know right. he has a pretty good group of receivers that uh, have kind of emerged this year, where they've got more than just one guy that they can they can rely on the passing game. Yeah, I mean, in, in previous Gopher teams, it's been, you know, one target that they've really zeroed in on. It's been a KJ May, a, a Drew Wolitarski. Um, but now with Tyler Johnson emerging a couple of years ago and being an all-Big Ten wide receiver last year, uh, he was certainly the bell cow. He was the alpha, and uh, other teams started to know that. And uh, to begin this year, uh, Tyler was often double-teamed or, put in bracket coverage and that provided opportunities for Rashad Bateman uh, who broke some freshman records uh, with the Gophers uh, during his freshman year coming up from Georgia who had some SEC offers and stayed true uh, to PJ Fleck and and he had a, a breakout game he had a one-handed catch against South Dakota State um, has played well uh, in all games um, and then uh, in Fresno State like I mentioned earlier that at fourth and 13 that they had and uh, you know, they went to the corner of the end zone to their third option uh, because the other two guys, Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson, were either double covered or put in bracket coverage, and, and he made a play. And then uh, just this last week uh, against Georgia Southern, I mentioned the third and 29, uh, that they were backed up in the shadow of their own end zone, and, and they went to their uh, number four wide receiver twice, Demetrius Douglas, to be able to get the first down. And, and uh, you know, they've got some depth at that position, and they've certainly needed it as some of the ones that are at the top of the scouting report have received more attention. So, yeah, I think that's been nice uh, for Tanner Morgan to be able to have options. Um, I, I wonder how much he is moving down his progression at the same time. I know on that, that third 29, he, he went to a second option. Uh, I think a lot of times he can still uh, get sucked into just staying on his first option. Um, but, uh, yeah, the wide receiver core uh, has improved, and, and it's certainly been a benefit uh, to the Gophers. But even if the, the Gophers have those wide receivers, they have remained committed to the run and have been doing so at, I think, a 65% clip so far this year. Yeah, I think I saw a stat from a running standpoint that they're averaging like 47 attempts but only 2.61 yards per carry. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a struggle for sure. And, uh you know, some of that is is they've been able to, to stay on, 
uh, schedule for the most part, given what their passing game has done. And, and PJ very much as a graduate assistant under Jim Trussell really believes in, in, you know, Trussell ball and, and kind of running the ball and grinding it out and, and maintaining, uh, you know, an advantage in time of possession. And, and he's been still doing that even if they've, even if they've struggled. So uh, I'd imagine that they're going to still try to do that on Saturday. Let's turn to defense, and I'm not sure that Purdue or Minnesota really saw Rondell Moore uh, that other teams saw last year uh, throughout the Big Ten season. But I, I, how much was Ronda, how, how much has Rondell Moore been discussed this week as far as from a defensive standpoint how Minnesota needs to uh, contain him? Yeah, I mean, that's probably the first question that I've got for their defensive coordinator when I talk to him here in about 20 minutes. But, yeah, I mean, it's he's at the top of the scouting report. There's there's no doubt about it, just given how uh, how how much he burst onto the scene as a freshman last year and, and what he's able to do in all the different ways that Jeff Brom tries to get him out in space and move him around uh, in different formations. So, yeah, I'm sure he's at the top of the scouting report. I, I think that it's interesting just uh, given – you know, how they did relatively keep him in check last year. And, and Mike, it sounds like he was dealing with an injury. Is that yeah. why? Yeah, what was he dealing with? Uh, last, you're talking about last year? Yeah. Yeah, he he just, I think he'd been dealing, you know, I think the wear and tear of the Big Ten season kind sure. of caught up yeah. to him a little bit at that stage. And if you remember, it was quite cold and snowy. That's right, uh, and yep. that that may have chased some some of Purdue's players <laughs> to the to the <laughs> heaters <laughs> on the sideline. I mean, Rondell's a tough kid, but I, right. you know, I think they got into that game, uh, and once it kind of got out of hand, um, there was no need to put him put him out there. But you okay, know, he, he's sure. just he, he he's a he's a guy that uh, really takes care of his body, uh, and is doing a lot of extra things to make sure make sure he's fully stretched out. Uh, before a game and before practice, he does not, you know, the one thing he doesn't want to do is like have a have a long term type injury. And he's had some nicks and, you know, uh, you know, a slight hamstring here, uh, an ankle there, type of thing. That but he's not he's not missed any any games or any time because of that. Because I think he's pretty he's in pretty good shape and he takes care yeah. of his body pretty well. Um, is there and you probably won't you probably don't know the complete answer to this, but the difference in Minnesota's eyes between facing Sindelar or Jack Plummer, we as of the, the, the time we're taking this. You know, we don't know for sure who's going to be the starting quarterback uh, for Purdue. But uh, in, in Minnesota's eyes, what, what's the difference between the two? Well, they're acting like they're the same type of same type of player. I think you know what Sindelar uh, has shown to be able to do, and, and more experience is uh, make more plays. Just in what I've been able to see, but you know, the company line here on the U campus is that you know they're they're the same type of team. They're going to try to run the same type of things um so yeah they're acting as if it's the same but i think we we see a different quality when we see sindelar right what where where has minnesota's defense been exposed at this year well they've done a they've done a pretty good job of uh of, of limiting explosive plays uh they've been good against the run and the pass um and that was the biggest issue that they had uh last year you talked about the, the change in defensive coordinators you know they were gashed with a lot of big plays and, uh, you know, we saw that in 2017 uh, when P.J. Fleck uh, went to a, went to West Lafayette and, and gave up a, a fourth-quarter lead for the first time and the only time uh, to date. Uh, and uh, it was big plays that have cost them. And I know that that's been 
what what Purdue is, has really been able to do uh, this year is continue to have big plays. So the Gophers will need to continue to limit those. I know, I know you got to go, but I want I want to get one more question into you. Just yeah, of course. What is what is your view of the Big Ten West today as opposed to when before this season started? Who has jumped out at you? Who has not? Yeah. And kind of how you, how do you view this thing at least right now playing out as we as we get through the next two months? Yeah, I think a, a lot of people uh, expected Wisconsin to to continue to take a step back like they did at the end of last year, I and mean, the Gophers were able to go into Camp Randall and. Uh, you know, convincingly beat them uh, at the line of scrimmage and in other facets of the game. And I think people looked at the way that Nebraska, or that Wisconsin fell off last year after going into the year as a college football playoff contender, uh, that they were going to continue to struggle. And, and as everybody has seen, it's been the exact opposite. They've, they've surged out of the gate, and I think it's really their uh, division to lose right now. I think, uh, you know, Iowa has shown its qualities uh, which I think was to be expected. They were the team that I picked uh, to win the West, and I think we're seeing what they can do. Um, you know, they had a tough road game at Iowa State and were able to come away uh, with a win there that had a lot of lead changes. You know, Nebraska, I, I still don't really know what they have. I know that the defense continues to struggle. I mean, they gave up a, a lot of points to an Illinois team that is that has also struggled. Um, so, yeah, I think it's Wisconsin's right now, and and those are the other two teams that I think can probably contend. I mean, do, how, how, how far can Minnesota advance up in the standings? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we need to wait and see. I think, you know, this Purdue game, they got Illinois after that, and then Nebraska. So, you know, I think that there is a, a feasible way that you could see them at, at 5-0. and um, And then I think you, you're really able to get a gauge on, on what this team is. I think... You know, having wins against an SCS team, a Mountain West team, and a team from the Sun Belt Conference, and the way that they did it, you know, I could see them struggling in Big Ten play. I could see them correcting their errors and and maybe, you know, beating a Nebraska team with Adrian Martinez here, and all of a sudden they're 6-0, and they, they might be ranked at that point. So, you know, I could see it going both ways. I think it's just a little too early, even though we do have three games. Uh, the Big Ten is, is another... Uh, much more difficult uh, competition level, and, and we'll see what they've got. All right. Well, Andy, I know you got to get to practice and uh, do your interviews. I appreciate your time today. Uh, Andy Greeter from St. Paul Pioneer Press uh, joining us and uh, talking a lot about Minnesota and as we get ready for Saturday's game. Andy, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Take care. We'll see you Saturday. Once again, thanks uh, to Andy for joining us on the Boilers Extra podcast uh, to preview the Minnesota game. Uh, should be a good one on Saturday. Uh, bringing you up to date on what's uh, happening uh, with Purdue. Uh, you know, they haven't played since the TCU game uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, they had their off week uh, last week uh, where they were able to rest a lot of players, uh, maybe get some guys uh, healthy uh, that didn't play in the TCU game. Uh, so, you know, this is a... You know, I, I think this is a huge game for Purdue uh, based on where they're at in their season. Uh, you know, the loss to Nevada still lingers with this team, and you've got to make it up somewhere along the line. I, I'm not sure the Minnesota game is that game, but, you know, if you lose this game, you put yourself not only in a hole to, to try to challenge for the Big Ten West, which uh, I'm not sure Purdue should be part of that conversation right now, but also in trying to reach a bowl game. Uh, you know, going one and three, 
uh, to start the year in the first month uh, would put this uh, team severely behind uh, the old eight ball and would make it extremely hard uh, for them to, uh, to, to make a deep run, uh, especially with some of the injuries that they have. And, you know, you know you're not going to get Marcus Bailey back, uh, so that's a big loss on the defensive end. You hope to get some pieces back on the offensive end with Elijah Sindelar uh, and, and some of the other guys, you know, like Matt McCann on the offensive line. But, um, you know, I kind of want to pick up where Andy left off with the Big Ten West. And as I said, I don't think Purdue should be in the conversation right now uh, to be a contender for, for this division title. doesn't mean it can't be, but based on what we've seen uh, the first three games, it, it'd be hard-pressed uh, for, for me to see uh, this this team uh, there at the end. Uh, it's, again, it doesn't mean it can't happen. It's just, but when you factor in what Wisconsin has done uh, early in the season, no surprise what Iowa has done. You know, Nebraska uh, is a better team than what it was a year ago. Uh, Adrian Martinez is a, is a better quarterback. They've got a lot more weapons uh, to use on offense. Uh, they're going to give up some things defensively, uh, but that kind of was expected. So, you know, Purdue, where, where does Purdue fit right now in the West? You know, probably, you know, best case scenario might be just somewhere up in the middle uh, of uh, the seven teams, if you can be in the middle of a seven-team uh, division. Uh, but probably closer, they're probably closer to the bottom right now than they are the top. I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to finish last. I mean, unless some really bad things happen uh, over the course of the season. But, you know, that's just kind of where where this team is at. It's, it's not necessarily in my opinion, where the program is at or where the program is headed. It's just where this team is at right now. You know, I, I for them to compete for the Big Ten West title, you know, Elijah Sindelar needs to get back and play at a high level. Uh, you, you can't afford any more injuries to, to key players. Uh, you've got to get Matt McCann back on the offensive line, and that group has to take a big step forward. you got to get Lorenzo Neal back on the defensive line, and then he works his way into that rotation. You know, that group hasn't played that poorly, I, I, I don't think. Now, you, do you lay the 346 yards rushing all on the defensive line? No, I don't think you can. Uh, you're playing without Marcus Bailey that night, uh, and you're trying to adjust uh, to that. Uh, and I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of guys got out of their gaps and got out of their assignments and uh, allowed for some bigger runs. But you're going to face offensive lines like that throughout, throughout the Big Ten. Uh, so they've got to get some guys back. They've got to get uh, some guys healthy, uh, and, they, and the people, the players that they have, have to play at a higher level if you're going to contend for the Big Ten West. Uh, you know, they they could potentially play spoiler uh, in this thing uh, as you get a little bit deeper in the season, because you know you're always going to be danger on off dangerous on offense with Rondell Moore. Uh, you know, I think David David Bell can get back. I think before he got hurt, before he hurt his shoulder. Uh, against TCU, I felt like he was on the verge of having one of those games uh, that may- maybe Rondell had last year that kind of introduced himself to uh, the world of college football. And if he can get him back this week or maybe next week or sometime in October, he, he can still have uh, one of those games. But, you know, Purdue needs all its pieces right now to, to even compete, uh, you know, with a team like Minnesota and even Illinois and some of the other teams in the West. So, you know, right now I think Wisconsin is clearly uh, ahead of everybody else, uh, which is a, uh, probably a surprise. Uh, I didn't pick them to win the West at the beginning of the year, and I thought that the program was sliding a little bit. But based on what they've done uh, here in the first month, uh, they're not sliding at all, as Andy 
as Andy brought up. And then you have Iowa, which is always going to be a contender based on what uh, Kurt Ferentz has done with that program. And again, Nebraska, I think, uh, is is trending upward. Uh, but then, you know, you have a couple of kind of mystery teams in a way. One of those is Minnesota. And they are 3-0, and but they won three games by 13 points against opponents that, you know, maybe on, on – on paper, Big Ten teams should handle more easily, but you know they they didn't, and you can po- probably kind of see you know where they're at in their development right now. Uh, and then Northwestern just has not received good quarterback play from Hunter Johnson. Uh, they're they're kind of stagnant on offense right now. Now that they faced a really good defense last week in Michigan State, uh, they get Wisconsin uh, this week, and I know they're a heavy heavy underdog in that game, but that seems when they play their best when no one expects them to. So uh, there's still a lot of twists and turns that can happen in this league race. And I don't think Illinois will be a factor uh, when it's all said and done. They they may come up and surprise somebody uh, because, you know, they are getting a little bit better. They have a little bit more talent, but that, that defense is still still has some issues, uh, and they're not getting very good quarterback play right now from, from Brandon Peters. So, you know, Purdue's going to start conference season this uh, coming up on Saturday. I just don't feel like... Uh, they they're going to be part of uh, part of this thing at the end, but you know it, things do change as we said. And, uh, but they they just haven't shown enough right now. They haven't had their 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 full team healthy enough to 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 truly see what they you know they uh, what they've got. They've get, they've got to get something out of the run game, and maybe Jackson Anther provides uh, some of that this week. Uh, you know I I don't think you need to be looking for him to race you know, 80 yards, uh, on, on one play because he's not, you know, when he was at central Catholic, he could do that, but I don't think he's going to be able to do that. I think they're just looking for a little bit more toughness out of the, uh, the running back position. They're looking for, for a guy that has a little bit more experience and a guy that maybe can, can see the holes and get to the holes a little bit quicker. Um, and maybe just give them a little bit of a boost. You can convert those third and ones. You can stay on the field and keep your defense off the field and keep your offense going. But to me, the the big key for Saturday is Elijah Sindelar. Indications are, based on what we've seen in practice, that uh, he's doing everything that uh, a starting quarterback would do as far as uh, the the uh, what they call a walkthrough. Uh, he's been the number one quarterback with the, the number one offense offensive line in those situations on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um uh, we, you know, we can't watch all of practice, but the parts that we saw, it, it appeared that he was, he was doing everything that a number one quarterback has done under Jeff Brom the last, uh, two plus seasons. Matt McCann, uh, as we've mentioned before, he's, uh, I think he's slowly getting back. He was in full uniform on, on, on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know if he participated in any team drills. He was working with strength and conditioning, uh, personnel, uh, off the side, but he was in full, full gear. Uh, which is something that he hasn't been um, uh, in the last uh, week or so. Uh, Will Bramble didn't practice on Tuesday, but was out there on uh, Wednesday. Um, they had a makeshift offensive line on Tuesday, but a lot of the regulars were back. Wouldn't be surprised if you see two new starting guards uh, coming up on uh, on Saturday. I think Jimmy McKenna was working at left uh, guard. And then DJ Washington was working at, at right guard. Now, all this is just based on the limited uh, observations that we had during our time. Uh, but those two guys were working with the number one offense in, in the walkthrough period and also um, a little bit later on. 
during some uh, some individual period stuff. Defensively, um, you know, I think you know Purdue's uh, about as healthy as it can be on the defensive side. Um, you know, I, the plan is still to get Lorenzo Neal back for the Penn State game, but it, uh, we haven't seen him at practice yet. So maybe that'll ramp up next week and. Uh, you, he'll get more involved. You know, he's not going to play 80 snaps whenever, whenever he does play. So he's going to have to go in, get some snaps, come out, uh, take a breather, and then get right back in. He's just not going to be able to step in and play a lot of snaps uh, right off the bat. And, you know, Purdue Purdue needs him. Uh, you know, the, the defensive line has done okay, uh, but they, they need Lorenzo in there to help and uh, maybe stuff, stuff the run, but also – uh, help generate uh, a, a bit of a bit of a pass rush. Uh, just I don't think you'll see Jared Sparks this week. Back to the injury uh, situation, he hasn't practiced, and I don't I don't believe he was dressed out either uh, uh, Tuesday uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. So, but anyway, it's, it, I, you know this is a very important game for Purdue. Based you know crossroads game maybe you know turning point game. You know I think if they win it, you breathe a little bit of life into your season. Um, it gives you a little bit of momentum as you, as you get into October. Uh, so, but a loss I think is, is damaging to, to maybe, maybe to some of the high goals that you had at the beginning, beginning of the year. Uh, but a win does kind of change your outlook and change what could possibly happen. But, you know, this team is, you know, they're not going to talk about it. They're not going to say it, but you know, this, the the Nevada loss is still going to haunt them for, for a long time until somehow, some way you can make it up, uh, some at some point this season, if he can, if they can at all, and and if they don't, then you you'll go back to that last quarter against Nevada, uh, is not you know as a reason why this team didn't fulfill what it what it potentially could. So still a long way to go, and a lot of a lot of a lot of things can happen. A lot of things can change uh, over the course of the season. Other teams are going to have injuries, uh, and you know the West could be as jumbled and. Uh, compact as we thought, or Wisconsin could run away and just uh, just uh, leave everybody in their wake and uh, head to the Big Ten championship game. So, but as we've seen the last couple years, Ohio State has its uh, moments where it loses at Iowa, it loses at Purdue. Ohio State has Nebraska this week. Is that a is that a potential Iowa uh, Purdue situation for the Buckeyes right now? And if they did lose Saturday, do they have time to recover and still make uh, the college football playoff? Uh, that would be the big question. The other losses happened in mid to late October, and they just didn't have enough time uh, to recover. Uh, but anyway, uh, we appreciate you, you listening to this edition of the Boilers Extra podcast. Uh, hopefully Sam King and I will uh, uh, find a place to uh, uh, recap uh, Saturday's Minnesota game. Uh, it's a 3.30 start at Ross-Aid Stadium, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll – We'll be able to, to talk about uh, what happened at Ross Aid Stadium uh, coming up uh, sometime uh, Saturday night. Uh, once again, thanks for joining us on the Bowlers Extra podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.